See, that's me. My boyfriend hates watching stuff with me because he's like, I can't binge watch stuff with you. He's like, you just I have to watch, watch every own. like you just binge watching things and stuff, and you just go go go. And he's like, I can never watch anything with you. Yeah. By the time I try to watch it with you, it's gone. <laughs> yeah. I hate. Well, I hate watching like every like I have to come back every week. I'm like, I forget. I need to watch yeah. it all sitting down. And then I can just de-stress and like sit exactly. down and put, you know, and be like, oh, this happened, you know, I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I, I totally agree. I understand 100%. You're listening to Moms No Expert Podcast. On this podcast, we'll be going on a journey together and learn how to be the best moms we can be. I'm your host, Irmari. Yeah. Well, welcome to Moms No Expert. And for those who are listening, this is Mariana Gurola. Did I say that right? Yes, you did. Okay. I'm like, oh my God. I said it and then I'm like, oh, did I say that right? No, no, you said it exactly right. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, welcome. Thank you she for having me. I appreciate author. it. I'm so excited. Look, my first author. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers everywhere. Cheers. Yeah, like. Do, are you are you planning on having another book? I mean, I'm gonna ask later, but I just yes, I okay. do plan on at least writing two more books. Three mm-hmm. at the most is is my cap right now because you know I really want to write children's books, and then I have, I feel like I have two more like adult books in me. Okay, oh that's cool, that's good, yeah. that's good. And I mean, you, you just moved, so open up over here. So much going on in my life. So I'm recently just you know pregnant now, so I'm about 15 weeks. So another baby on the way. Um, my relationship's going really well, so we're blending families now. I'm planning for a whole baby shower. We have, you know, this new book. I have to plan for, you know, a whole book signing and stuff coming up. So I have so many just great things just happening and stuff, and I'm just trying to keep up with everything. And that's <laughs> to be good. quite honest. So no, yes, that's good. And you are it's a, a blessing. And you're yes. a mom and you're over here doing your thing. So I love that because just because Thank you're a mom, you, you don't got to stop. You just got to keep you don't. going. You have to keep going. That was a big thing for me. I had to keep going. I had to try and pursue new things and figure out what are different ways I can create an opportunity where my daughters constantly see me moving and trying. You know what I mean? That was really important for me, especially being a single mom and uh, my situation with her dad didn't work out the way that I had planned it and stuff. So it was really important to me to really embody and show her that. Mommy's still out here moving and working and trying to create this life for us and stuff like that. So I'm super excited. She's three. She'll be four this year. She's a little Leo. She's so Ooh. aggressive and sassy and everything. I'm like, girl, don't what, try to be what me, are okay? You? Are you also Leo? I am a Scorpio. Oh, <laughs> and her God. dad's a Leo. I'm surrounded by Leos. Literally, it's my daughter's birthday, my boyfriend's birthday, my daughter's dad's birthday, and then it's my brother's birthday, and they're all Leos within two weeks. And I'm oh, like, how okay, do you, how do you do it? I can't. That's a, I'm, I lost my head. I got multiple personality. <laughs> I don't know half the time who I am when I'm dealing with these people. Okay, I'm like, listen, I don't know what, what personality who you're gonna find today, or who you're gonna talk to today, but trust me, That's y'all figure hilarious. it out. <laughs> my mom is a Leo, so I I'm like I'm sitting here like. Uh, mm-hmm. no. See, and I I'm, like the female Leos more than the, the male Leos, but mm, let me tell you, my daughter's too much of me. <laughs> She's too much of me. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but how old is she? She's three. She'll be four uh, in three. July. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's a good Very age. Sassy. She thinks she knows it all and stuff. So mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. wait. Mine is nine. <laughs> and I'm like, if she thinks she's 15, I'm like, you are nine. Remember, mm, girl. <laughs> so, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I can't girl. even think about nine, girl. But no, but I love this age. I was actually talking, so I'm back on the dating side. It's horrible. Oh, but anyways, see? I was like, I was talking to this guy. He was like, "Oh, how old is your daughter?" I'm like, nine, going on fifteen. And he's like, "Oh my god, that age." I was like, I actually like this age because she's she's kind of figuring out who she is, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you know, like I like this. I like to do this. Like, she's into violin now, but maybe she'll be into soccer next time so it's it's nice to see like how she's developing but it's also nice to see like what like her attitude and like kind of like i don't know it's cute she's like um i need to talk to you and i was like oh yes (laughs) this is serious do we need to sit down and have a yeah (laughs) i was like do you need me to put you on my calendar i'm so good she's like well you know if you have time i'm like oh okay it's the business like it's very yeah she's very i love it i'm like okay yes ma'am 
Yes. And she like had a plan about me, how when she turns 10, she needs a phone and like she made a plan and she's like, this is, you know, I think it's a great deal. And I'm like, for who? Because in this plan, you're not paying for it. Exactly. I was like, in this plan, there's no you paying for it. So I don't know if it's a great deal. Oh, my God. See, because, you know, I helped raise my brother. So I guess like seeing, you know, like on the opposite end of not being the parents, like, oh, my gosh, that's too much. But being like a mom now, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what she likes and how her personality adapts with the things that she wants and stuff. But I'm like, I'm that mom where I like, I love newborns. I love babies. Yes. So this age where she's a toddler and running around like, girl, <laughs> I'm trying to keep up with you. <laughs> you want to be in these streets and I'm trying to be in the sheets. Okay. I'm trying to be in the bed, sleeping, relaxing. <laughs> you want to watch Netflix. You want to watch the new Panda movie. Come on. What are you trying to do? She's trying to, no, let's go out. Let's go to the park. What are you trying to do? Let's go here. And I'm like, oh, That's okay, so funny. we'll figure yeah. it out. <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, um, today uh, for our first segment, which is mom, I have a question that mm-hmm. was actually inspired by her because she asked so many questions on a regular. Um, <laughs> my daughter's at the why stage, but why? So I'm looking forward to the question stage now. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Like, but why? And, or she has questions about so many things. So why is the light like, I'm like, I don't, I'm, let me Google it and I'll get back to you. I don't know. Like I have no idea. <laughs> so, <laughs> the things they come up with. Yeah. Like what, how do you, where is this question from? Right. <laughs> So today's question is, what would you give, what advice, sorry, what advice would you give yourself to your younger self? See, it's so crazy because I feel like it changes all the time. And that's like such like the embodiment of what my book is about is what advice would I go back and give myself? Because there's just so many different things that I've learned. But um, I feel like the number one thing I always go back to when I give my younger self advice is, you know, never be, never be scared of trying new things. Never be scared of a new opportunity. You know, we always, you know, one door shuts and we feel like there's no doors open, but there's always something else out there. There's always another opportunity, regardless if it lands right in front of you, or you have to go search for it for yourself. Never be scared of the opportunity, but that might, you might not see. That's a, that's great advice. I, (laughs) thank you. I actually, thought about this so when I was writing like the outline to send to you I was like what advice would I give myself I'm like (laughs) I don't because I never think about it and then I I started thinking about it and I think honestly I would just be like don't be afraid I think that was my main thing when I was young I was always so afraid of being me like so afraid and like now as a 31 I'm like this is it like you're gonna get it or like if you don't like it it is what it is but it was when I was younger, I was so afraid. So I think that would be my advice. Cause, and I told that to my daughter all the time. Like, can you not be afraid? Like be you, like just be you. And she's like, mom, yeah. but I'm like, no girl, don't be afraid. I think that's so great. amazing that you you tell your daughter that and stuff. Cause that was going to be the question that I asked you. Cause you know, we would give ourselves younger advice, but now as mothers and stuff like that and going through things that we have gone through, like, do we discuss those things with, you know, our children and stuff, you know, as a child, I was always kind of pushed out there to be center of retention and kind of be like, no, you're going to go out there and you're going to do it and stuff. So I was kind of put into this box of, I have to meet everyone's expectations. Mm-hmm. I have to be that person and I can't be scared. So now me being a parent, I want to allow my daughter to be scared, but also help her try to overcome it. So she doesn't feel in that box like I was to feel the need to live up to everyone's expectations or always feel like you need to be that golden child. You know what I mean? Especially her being the first yeah. and stuff. So I thought that was so amazing that you said that you, you know, tell her to be yourself. Don't, yeah. you know, don't be scared and stuff. You know what I mean? So I think that's absolutely amazing. Thank you. I try honestly, like, so my whole like podcast has been like about my growth as a mom and like, you know, how I, became a mom and like all these things but also about my self-reflection because there's so much like generational trauma that I'm like trying to cut and trying to like just not pass it on but also Mm -hmm. like grow from it so it's every day I'm like okay well this is how it was done to me I didn't really enjoy it although I learned they could have been like a different way and my daughter's not me either where like she is 
completely opposite like when it comes to i'm very like strong and head and like stubborn she's very not like she's so sensitive and so like intuitive <laughs> that i'm like I'm, yeah. i can't be like rough with her like she'll probably I'm, i don't want to you know make her cry yeah. so yeah. it's very yeah i'm like you know what keep your intuitive and she's very intuitive so i'm like let's talk <laughs> let's let's you know so yeah i try i try i, and I always that, say I and you know what and that's all and that's all we can do all we can do is try our yeah. our job as parents is to provide the best environment, the best nurturing, the best amount of love, the most amount of love and things that we can do. And they have to take it in, mm-hmm. absorb it like a sponge and kind of filter through and figure out, I want to use this information. I don't want to use this information. That's all we can do. Exactly. I say it all the time. I, you know, me and my siblings, we grew up, I have three older sisters and one younger brother. We all grew up in the same household and we all turned out absolutely differently. We all absorbed and filtered out what we chose and what we thought was best for us. And then yeah. we all raise our children differently, you know, so that all we can do is, is absolutely try. Yeah. And, and it's like cool that you said that. Cause I was actually having that conversation with my cousin yesterday about how we've, cause me and my cousin grew up in the same Kind of like in the same household, kind mm-hmm. of because like, you know, our dads were like always together and all this stuff. And right. she, we always talk about how for her, like her dad seems different than what I see her dad as. Like for me, her right. dad was like my role model. Like I was I was like, I loved him. Like I won. Like I loved how he was as a father. And she's like yeah but he was fucked up and it's crazy because i'm like we had the same person but we had so like different experience and it's like you said we absorbed completely different um like what we learned every key point in my freaking book like literally (laughs) in my book i i you know i write a letter to my younger self giving advice and stuff but a lot of it has to do with how the way i was parent all my childhood trauma and how it you know changed and altered myself in all these different, you know, um, pivotal moments in my life and stuff. And a lot of it was parenting and a lot of it was how I parent as a mom and stuff. And another key thing that I talk about in my book and stuff is how a lot of my cousins and a lot of my friends were like, I love your dad. And oh my gosh. And I'm like, he was a piece of shit because he was physically there does not mean anything. You know, he was emotionally and mentally abusive and it was draining. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You guys just saw what you wanted him to see, you know, what he wanted you to see. But behind closed doors, that shit was, it was a lot Mm -hmm. to deal with, you know, and I talk about it in my book and stuff. And a lot of people are like, wow, I never seen that side. And that's one thing I really love about this book and how the way I try to write it. I wanted the reader to really feel the emotion in my book. And I really wanted them like step by step, line by line, chapter by chapter, like really engage in that emotion of how I was feeling. So that way they can get a different perspective. The book is all about different perspectives, regardless if you're a mom, not a mom, you know, if you've ever been in love, not been in love yet, have a family, don't have a family, have a education or don't have an education. The perspective that you take it from can be from someone else's point of view, from my point of view, would be like, wow, I never thought of it that way. Or I have a friend and oh my gosh, that's something they talked about, they went through. It's allowing you to see different points of views and different perspectives. So that was really important to me when writing the book. I, I love that. Now I have to, I'm going to put it on my card. No, <laughs> I was actually thinking about getting it. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to have her first because I'm going to ask her about it. And then I'm like, yeah. because I read, but I'm very like, like I have to, I paint pictures in my head. So yeah. if the book is not like very... Detailed, like vivid I guess. And detailed, yes. Yeah. I'm like, okay, you lost me. So yeah, like, no. <laughs> so now that I'm, I'm listening. I'm like, okay. So I, have I can right picture here. I'm stuff right here, girl. Ooh. I'm super excited about it. And, and it's honestly like, what I really love about this book is like, I get straight to the point. I don't bullshit in the book, and I make it really interactive to where, you know, after I write, you know, a chapter or something, I leave like a question. Uh-huh. And like a part where you can like really interact with it, like, fuck, let me self-reflect real quick. Like yeah. I could be going through that, you know what I mean? And stuff. And that was something that was like really important to me wearing the book, but it's only 63 pages. A lot of people said they got through it within a day. I got a lot of great feedback. So I'm super excited and it's, it's been a blessing. Yes. I'm going to put for the listeners, I'm going to put the link on the, on the bottom of the description so you guys can you. go and order it. Cause yes, I'm going to order it and I'm going to talk about it after I read it. You'll <laughs> Thank see. You. Oh, you're Thank welcome. You. Well, we're going to go to a quick break and we'll be back. This episode is sponsored by Queens Infusion. Shop Queens Infusion on Etsy and get 20% off with the code MOMSNOEXPERT25. Once again, that code is MOMSNOEXPERT25. 
Welcome back. And today for Ask a Mom, I felt that we have the quote of the week, which is by Rumi. And it says, the wound is a place where the light enters you. And I think it's super, like, as we were talking about, you know, childhood trauma, I think it's great because when we think about childhood trauma, we're like, oh, my God, I'm so broken, right, from this. But if you actually think about it, this is a way for you to grow. And, like, like you and I, you know, are perfect examples from that where we had this and we are learning to be better from that. So how do you feel about this quote today? I think this quote is so amazing because I feel like a lot of people, when they're trying to figure out why they are the way that they are or really trying to figure out what are my childhood traumas, they don't, first of all, I feel like people don't revert back to what happened in my childhood. This right here came from a childhood trauma. Mm -hmm. Let me really try to be by myself, zen, meditate, smoke some weed, whatever the case may be. I feel like people don't really take that time to really decipher and get to the the key point of what happened and what it was. I feel like something in a relationship, something has to trigger it to be like, you know what? That's the same stuff that happened to me yonder ago. You know what I mean? And um, I took a trip to Ecuador last year and, um, and it was a a spiritual retreat and I did ayahuasca and I talk about it in my book. And it, it was from the motherland, girl. Like they had, they girl. was brewing a root and something what? else in the middle of the Amazon. It was crazy. I literally went to a whole nother country <laughs> to basically do a psychedelic with my crazy god mom, girl. I was like, am I really doing this? But it was so crazy because when I was doing it, a lot of it was just we had to go on a whole strict diet. I was gluten and vegan free for two weeks. It was crazy, <laughs> and we were. And we were, and we were just with people who were all on the same mission: heal from trauma, heal from childhood trauma, heal from something that happened. Looking for something better, trying to find a light, trying to heal. The key word was heal and love of the whole entire retreat. And the crazy thing is, I tapped into so many childhood traumas and stuff that I knew that were there, but I really didn't care of like discussing or I feel like were valid. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And being Afro-Latina, I, I really struggled a lot as a kid myself, you know, going back and forth between households and, you know, nationalities and stuff, and then being kind of put in between each other. And it was just a lot for me. So I feel like this quote really embodies it. I really do feel like you need to have that moment where you take the time to really see, was it being yelled at? Was it emotional abuse? Was it, you know, dealing, having to deal with my problems? Did my parents not tell me they loved me enough? Did they not hug me enough? What mm. was it that happened in my childhood that is triggering something in my adulthood? Yeah. And I, I like that you said that there's trauma that you probably didn't know there was there. I think the biggest thing that I do is gaslight myself where I'm like, oh, yeah, that was, you know, that happened. But it's fine. Mm. Like, no, it's not fine. Because <laughs> no. if I do it to my daughter, I like it wouldn't be fine. So why do I think yeah. it's fine that it, it was done it to was me? It was done to me. Yeah. So that's good that I'm not, I need to put, let me write down all the things that we're doing. We're doing ayahuasca. We're going to Ecuador. This is all I was doing. Man, I, this book right here, it was a journey, girl. You see, I went to a whole nother country. When I was there, I was like, I'm going to try to write my book. Like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go into that whole writer's den where I'm all in a whole nother part of the world trying to type and do it. It was a lot. I went on a whole journey to really try to put myself in the best position, in the most vulnerable position to write this book. Which is great. I think that's that's when you know that you love what you do. Like everybody tells me, they're like, "Oh my god, I love listening to you because mm-hmm. you you're you know you sound genuine." I'm like, "Well, I try. Like I try to really give you me, right?" And I think that yeah. when you write a book, like I mean, I've never tried to write a book, but when you write a book, <laughs> the the way that you took your journey, you're like, "I'm giving you me. I'm giving you everything that I can give you, so it can be genuine." So I think that's great. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Shedding light on childhood trauma, especially for me, the number one thing I feel like in minority households that we need to stop and really focus and work on is the whole thing of what happens in this household stays in this household. Mm -hmm. That to me is the number one no-no, at least in, you know, how the way I'm raising my daughter, I want my kids to feel very comfortable telling me what happened and, you know, feeling the need, Hey, if I need to go to counseling, if I need to talk about this, I'm going to do it. It mm-hmm. shouldn't just be something stuck within the walls of this home. No, it's great. I I think I've had like um 
uh, psychology (laughs) therapy it's like a big thing in my house and my daughter recently was like i think we should do family therapy and i feel like the old me or like I guess like stuck in my past ways would have been like, what am I doing wrong? But I think mm-hmm. that's not, I think the way she was saying, it's like, maybe there's something that we can, I don't, I mean, I really didn't ask her, but I was like, okay, I'm down. Like, that's just fine. Yeah. You know, therapist the that we can do together. Is, man, am I not communicating something, you know, exactly. in a way to where you are taking it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, to heart, like I'm, you know, trying to be a good mom and stuff. That would have been like, you know, my first thing. I've done yeah. family therapy and everything and stuff. And I remember always being scared to say how I truly felt, you know, because my like, well, if you say something wrong, they're going to take you away. And as a kid, you're like, what the hell? What do you mean? They're going to take me away. Like, (laughs) where am I going to end up? Yeah, exactly. So that was really scary. No. And I think like, you know, I, I always, I've always struggled with that. Like I always say like, am I being a good mom? Right. And, and my daughter, like I've done episodes with her, which is like, mom, you're good. And I'm like, but am I? <laughs> but then when she says, like, I want to do therapy, I feel like the old me would have been like, oh, my God, this is it. I am just doing yeah. a horrible job. But then if I think about it, she goes through households, right? She goes through here. To, she goes to her dad. Right. Like, she has all these people that she, like, she has a grandmother all the time. She has right. all these people that are, are hanging out with her that, not that they've done anything to her, but maybe she doesn't know how to express herself to them. And maybe she doesn't know how to express to me how that she feels about them. So it's like, maybe it's not a me thing. So it's great that she came up to me but it's also great that i'm not stuck in my oh my god i'm horrible because i would have been i would have just gone out the deep end <laughs> I was like, oh. absolutely no absolutely like i mean do you ever you know as a mom do you ever be like think oh man i don't want to be like my parents All you know what i mean like <laughs> you know so it's just one of those things where you know for me if my daughter ever did that i'd be like i'd be so down for it because the first thing that would came mm-hmm. into my head is i don't want to be like my parents and tell my child no they can't vent yeah or am I a liar or am I lying or I'm doing my best or I do this and this and this for you or whatever. And it's like, well, that's my job as a parent. I can't, it's the same thing. If I want to say I'm going to help someone, I don't want to help them and then come back and be like, well, I helped you. So I volunteered the help. You know what I mean? Like as a parent, that's my job is Mm -hmm. to help you, is to guide you. So I don't want you to ever feel like I'm going to use that against you. I feel like that was done to me a lot as a child. A lot of my feelings, my emotions, me venting was used against me. So at some point I was just like, let me shut off and let me just not speak. Yeah, I feel like that's one of my biggest, I guess, problems with communication, which like now I'm recently like working on that because I've never expressed myself because of that. Because if I expressed Mm -hmm. myself, then it was just used against me. Like I remember I was taking I was taking care of this like on this house I got this house across my house whatever and this Mm -hmm. lady she was great and she loved my mom and and me and one day my mom had like a breakdown and I went to her and I was like oh my god my mom did this and said this and it hurt me and Mm -hmm. she told my mom and thinking because she was older right so she was thinking like maybe if I tell her how she feels maybe they'll able to talk and like kind of like move forward right and that's not what happened and after that (laughs) day I've never told anybody like how I felt and and it's been horrible in the reality because I've broken so many relationships because I'm like I'm not telling you how I feel you should know how I feel so I'm out and and that's not how it works obviously people cannot read my mind yeah so it's it's I mean it's a work in progress but yeah uh that's that's one thing that I want her to do. Just tell me, like, I'm here for you. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I have a quick question for you. I know because yeah. you want to move on, but no, um, do you feel like not eventing or like telling people how the way you feel? Do you ever feel like that promotes like a lack of communication in your relationships? Like, let's just say like, you know, with men or like a partner or something like that? Oh, yeah, definitely. I've always and and I think the biggest problem is because when I I don't vent, but when mm-hmm. I do, it's in, a, in the wrong way, if that makes sense. Like, okay. I don't tell you like, oh, this bothered me like you turned off the light and I was I didn't I wasn't ready type of situation. Mm-hmm. But yeah. then something little happened and I just blow up and blow it's up. Like, that just was unnecessary. But then at this and, point, it's just. In my household, the number one thing we always say, especially with me and my boyfriend back and forth, because we feel like communication is definitely the the number one thing. Um, we always say, closed mouths don't get fed. So if something bothered you right then and there, you're going to be the only one feeling some type of way because mm-hmm. I can't read your mind. I can maybe read your body language, maybe you know your demeanor and stuff like that. But other than that, closed mouths don't get fed. So mm-hmm. if it's something that bothered you right then and there, speak up about it right then and there because like you said, I'm that type too, where I hold it in and 
Once that can once that feather breaks the camel's back and stuff, you gonna get it all. And <laughs> you might not even deserve it all, but you gonna be the one to get it all. Like a hundred percent, definitely. So, um, communication is the number one thing, you know, in the household for me and stuff. And something that I learned, you know, from my childhood, you know, holding things in and not really wanting to speak to people and stuff and having to learn from that. And then also translate that not only just to myself and how the way I communicate with my daughter, but also my personal relationship and stuff. So that was like really important to, uh, to me. That's, that's very important. One thing that you did mention, as you said, like as an Afro-Latina, like for me, it was so so I'm Puerto Rican, right? And like mm-hmm. my mom's side is like the descendants of like African American. Like my grandfather, right, same like here. they all and then my dad's side, they're all Spaniards. Yeah. And it's there's always been the war, right? And yes. I've always been La Negrita. And mm-hmm. forever <laughs> it felt, oh, you know, it's cute. But the reality is it wasn't cute. Because it was I was cute. very like I was kind of ostracized. So forever I kinda like not that I didn't see my side like my negrita side but i was just like kind of like you know no i'm puerto rican and like yeah. and that would be it and then now that i'm learning i'm like no wait i'm not like i am puerto rican but i'm not just puerto rican like i have yeah. this afro latino like side and then my daughter was born and i was like oh i am afro latina like look at yeah. this kid look at like this kid yeah it's like her hair is like her hair curlier her skin, than anything. everything is beautiful yes yes and i'm like oh shit and i and we had the conversation about it because she was like you know what am i right because we were talking about like black lives matter and everything and she's like what so am important. i and i was like well i was like well you are half and half you're half dominican half puerto rican i said but the reality right. is you're afro latina i was like you can sit here and say no i'm not but your skin says different, your hair says different, your heritage said different. So don't let anybody, and I think that was my problem. Like I let people tell me and I was like, don't let anybody tell you're not. Like you are. Yeah. Like you are. If you want to sit down and buy her a bunch of books about like, you know, your skin color and like where you're coming from, because I I I personally don't know. Like I personally never was given this opportunity. So I was like, well, let's do it together. <laughs> Yeah. That is, and I think that's so great that you promote that and do that because in my household, you know, same like you, you know, my mom's side is, you know, black and my dad's side is Mexican and stuff. They, my Mexican side was, you know, really great. You can't be in the sun. Don't get too dark. You have to, you know, wear the cute little Mexican dresses and the ruffles, you know, your hair has to be a certain way. You know, when you come over here, don't act Southsider, don't act gangster, don't do that gang banging stuff. And then, mm-hmm. you know, my black side was just like, you're both, what is the issue? What is the problem? And stuff. And I talk about that in my book. That's actually one of the first things I talk about in the first chapter of my book, because it was such a real big realization for me. And that's why I'm not close to anyone on my Mexican side because of how the way they acted and how the way they were very racist towards me growing up. And Mm -hmm. I myself was ostracized and stuff. And a lot of shit I didn't take when I got to a certain age, I was like, look, I hear what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I understand Spanish. I might not speak it as good as you, but girl, trust me, I understand it. Yeah, very, very like, well. I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> I know what you're saying. Yes, yeah. and stuff. And I was just like, you know, you're not going to sit here and talk about me. You're not going to talk about my mom in front mm-hmm. of me. Like that's just not happening. Yeah. And I, I went through a lot of that, and I don't want my daughter to go through that and stuff. So you know, and another thing too is on my black side, what they try to do, like me, like I'll get my daughter a doll. Don't matter if it's white, black. Yeah. whatever. And it's good because they make different dolls like with disabilities and all that stuff now. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone always tried to get me a black doll or my daughter a black doll and stuff. And I'm just like, a doll's a doll. Like, yeah. I don't, you know what I'm saying? So I I try to, you know, just embrace everything in my household when it comes to that and stuff. And I feel like that right there also is just like a learning process and trying to go through, you know, that with your kid and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, just the same thing if, you know, um, LGBTQ community and stuff like that, you know, those are just a process of things you're going to have to have the discussions about mm-hmm. kind of go through your kid and, you know, with your kid and talk to them and try to walk through. Cause yeah. I'm learning too. A lot of those things, you know, weren't taught in my household, weren't allowed, weren't accepted, you know, mm-hmm. especially religion wise and stuff. One side being Catholic, one side being Christian told one or two different things. Well, you need to do this and you need to do that. And you can't, and just, it was too much. It was a lot. Yeah, it was a lot to take in. It was my older sister. She is she's a lesbian, and I actually had her on the on the podcast a while ago. And we were talking about how she was she was like banned from our house because she was from my dad's side, and like nobody wanted to talk to her. She was only fifteen, and she came out. She's like, I just like 
women and they're like no and I remember growing up my dad was like you can't be like your sister and I was like what like it like (laughs) I'm I don't know what you're talking about like what is my sister right like she's a she's a person because she was 15 so I was what like I was probably like 10 or 9 like I was young I was a kid I didn't know what that meant I didn't know and and I'm sitting there like okay so forever I was just like we didn't have a relationship we are now as two grown-ass adults that don't you know that live life now we're trying to have a relationship because for forever I couldn't be like you told her was wrong yeah yeah so that's one thing that I love like I I I'm learning too because I need to learn (laughs) I mean I've (laughs) had the conversation with my daughter but I need to learn yeah and I think that's great you know my sister you know she's bisexual and stuff and um, my relationship with her is, you know, really great. And, you know, I just, I like seeing all the different relationships that you have and stuff. And I think the big thing for me that I'm trying to learn too is, you know, or how I see her with parenting her kids. I was just talking to my boyfriend about this last night. I was like, I wonder her kids seeing her in a throuple relationship, being married to, you know, having a, you know, her having a husband and them having a girlfriend, like in the household, how are the kids looking like that? Like, how do you Mm -hmm. talk about that? If my daughter was to ask me, like, how would I explain or express that and stuff? And I feel like you have to go through situations in order to learn how to grow and how to be aware and how to discuss, you know? So I think that's really good that you're wanting to learn and, you know, know and stuff. Yeah, it's only going to it's only going to help. The more aware you try to be, the more you try to learn, it's going to only help you grow as an individual and as a parent. Exactly. I love that. <laughs> so for <laughs> today, we're going to jump into Mom Set What, and this is my interview portion, so I'm just going to ask you all these questions that I've been burning to ask. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so what well, you kind of talked about it a little bit, but what was the main or what just set like switch your brain to say I'm going to write this book? Like what was that? I feel like everyone has a moment in their life where they're like, you know what, like that'd be really good. Or I would love to write or, I, you know, like I would like to tell my story. Everyone has like, I want, you know, not may- maybe write a book, but everyone's like, I want to tell my story. Like this is something that can really help someone. And a lot of people don't know about podcasting. And that was the first way I got introduced to be like, you know what, my voice needs to be heard. I have a lot of things I want to say and talk about. So when I started the podcast, I was really liking it. And I was like, you know what? I feel like this isn't enough. I feel like some of the people, the listeners, they need something tangible, something more vulnerable, something, you know, because we could talk about our back history, but when you're writing about it and you're expressing it and you're putting it in detail and you're giving them something tangible, they're like, oh, this shit is real. You know, so (laughs) you're not just talking. I'm not just listening to you. This shit is real. So I was always wanted to tell my story. And I feel like the way for me to tell my story was to tell how my childhood, how my trauma, how my pain shifted during different pivotal moments that I feel like everyone can relate to. Love, parenting, career. Um, you know, I, I feel like those and, and spirituality, I feel like all all four of those things everyone deals with, regardless mm-hmm. if you're spiritual or not, the people that you interact with, the people who try to convert you or change you, you know, whatever the case may be, everyone's either been in love one time, multiple times, had some fucked up situations, whatever the case may be. And then, you know, when it comes to parenting, some people are parents and some people are like, I don't want to be a parent at all. No matter where you start reading in this book, no matter what chapter, you know, you read from, you're always going to take something. And that's something I really liked. I really wanted to write about pivotal moments everyone can relate to. That's what made me want to write this book is to heal and to give people my perspective and to help them heal which I think that's the best because the fact that you're putting like a question for the reader to be like okay well let me think about this and let me see how I can fix like that's great and so my next question was gonna ask you like if you've done self-reflection I'm sorry which you have because obviously we talked about it so what made you have the listener like just be like you know what I'm gonna give you this so you can do some self-reflection I'm just gonna put a little bit of question in there for you So as I was writing the book and going through the process, I was really like trying to put myself back in situations that I was just like, you know, you kind of leave in the past, but you don't forget it and stuff. I was really trying to relive a lot of these moments. I was really trying to go back and deal with and, and reflect as I was writing. And I was like, you know what, as I'm reflecting, I feel like it's only right for the reader to also reflect. So let me put a question here. Let me give them some space to write. I'm a big person on annotating. I love that in school. I loved reading a passage and sitting there be like, oh, 
this was this and oh I can't believe she did this and you know I was big on that I'm a big writing in the book type of person and highlighting I was that person you know so I was like I know people who love to do that too why not let them reflect and I just felt like it was so important and so key because even if you read the question and you don't even read the passage I feel like it's still going to speak to you in a way you're like oh I never thought of that you know I'm a very deep person I like asking deep questions. I like having those type of conversations with people in general, regardless if I know you or not. It's kind of scary because I would literally ask a random stranger a really deep personal question. They might look at me crazy and I'm like, no, come on, let's talk about this. Like, <laughs> like I really know them and that's just me and who I am. So I know that the questions that I'm asking in the book are really going to struck people to really dig deep and be like, oh, I never really thought of that. But that's good because, like, like you say, you may not know that person, but now you're gonna know them with with that deep yeah. question. Like, yeah. they're gonna be like, "Who is this random stranger?" But okay, I'm gonna tell you my truth. <laughs> you never know anyone until you really live or go through a situation. Especially that's something I, you know, always <clears throat> feel like in a relationship it is really true, or even your child. You don't really know somebody until you go through a situation with them. Everybody that want to claim their child good. Everybody, you know, wants to do something. But as soon as you find out your child is the bully, as soon as you find out your child is the one that started a fight, as soon as you, you know, figure out your child did this or didn't do this or whatever, you were like, oh man, you, you was playing me or, (laughs) you know, the same thing. A lot of people have realizations in their relationship. You know what I mean? Like they're ignoring red flags, ignoring, ignoring, ignoring. And then they go through a situation and then something just hits them and they're like, oh damn, it was there. It was a warning. I don't know if I wanted to see it or not, but it was there. (laughs) It was like a traffic sign. I don't know (laughs) if I saw you or not. I could have been speeding. I could have, I don't know. So I, that's one thing that's like really important, you know, important to me is just really having those deep conversations to realize those situations you put yourself in, or I love hypotheticals, you know, me and my family all the time be like, call people up randomly and be like, Hey, I have a question for you. <laughs> it's like, okay, I got an answer for you. What, what you talking about over there? Hold on. Let me, you let me get these people on the phone. We're going to have a four way conversation. All right. I'll wait. <laughs> like that's so it's cool. literally like that. So I think that's really great having those conversations and the random ones and stuff. And that's great. I've, I've, never had that <laughs> thought but that's awesome i'm just gonna start calling people so i have a question <laughs> no seriously do it I, trust me give me your number after this i promise i'll call you and be like hey so i got a question for you <laughs> i like that i like that i really will <laughs> that's so funny so this at this podcast we are very dedicated on mental health because yes. i myself suffer from a lot of those so i love to hear my guests and see like not even if you if you suffer from any mental health but have you had anybody that suffered from mental health? And what do you do to keep yourself, you know, kind of like off depression, especially in the this panini that just happened that is still happening because this pan- this pandemic doesn't want to leave? How do you deal with that? You know, um, I feel like as a child, I did suffer from mental health into my teen years and stuff. And it was something I ignored with, you know, making myself be involved in a lot of sports, mm. a lot of after school activities. It was really toxic at home. So I just felt like if I'm always at school or always doing community service, because um, I did community service from middle school to high school and I did over 2000 hours of community service. So Whoa. I really dedicated my time to not being home, to helping others and to, you know, being out there because I didn't want to be home. I didn't want to deal with the drama. I didn't want to hear my parents arguing. So a lot of that, like really messed with me mentally and stuff and, you know, seeing a lot of abuse and and violence and stuff. So it really stuck with me. And then to me, um, not seeing my parents, you know, love each other, hold hands, doing those things that really caused a lot of mental stuff to me, what a true relationship looks like, what love really looks like having those daddy issues and stuff. So, um, you know, going into my relationship with my daughter's father and stuff, you know, he was my sugar daddy at first. I talk about it on my podcast. You know, I, it was, we were, we were friends with benefits. I got pregnant. I started to have feelings. I got hurt. That right there was the most traumatic time of my life because Mm -hmm. not only was I fresh 18, you know, graduated from high school, moving in with someone who was eight years older than me, you know, living in Scottsdale, sneaking into the clubs and trying to live this, this double life and try to figure out who I am and trying to be someone I'm totally not. It was messing with me mentally. I was trying to be someone I wasn't. I was trying to compromise who I was for another person for what I thought was love, for what I thought was acceptable. And that all sprung 
from childhood, you know, and, um, dealing with all that, I really got myself really depressed, especially when I was pregnant and him not wanting to be involved or saying that the baby wasn't his and all this stuff that I talk about in the book and on my podcast. It was just, it was mentally draining. It was a lot. I did get postpartum depression. Now being pregnant this time, everything's different. My relationship, my pregnancy is great, you know, besides, you know, normal (laughs) pregnancy symptoms and stuff, but I've had a really hard pregnancy in the beginning of this pregnancy just because everything's so different from the pain, the nausea. I didn't get any of that in my first pregnancy. So this oh pregnancy has definitely been very debilitating for me. I've been in the hospital a lot more. I've been sick a lot more. So me just trying to get up, put on clothes and <laughs> do anything has been a lot. So this pregnancy has been very humbling to me. And it's been really messing with me mentally and emotionally because I'm learning to have to slow down. I've always mm-hmm. been fast paced because that's always how I've been. Let me get my hands in something. Let me do something. Let me write another book. Let me, you know, do two or three podcast episodes. Let me do something to feel like I'm succeeding. Let me feel like I'm doing something, not being lazy. Mm-hmm. And so not, you know, having to do that and having to slow down and being humbled and stuff has been very emotionally draining and stressful. That makes sense. So that's, yeah. <laughs> that's a lot. No, that's a lot. I mean, Listen, when I was pregnant, <laughs> I had all the symptoms. I was like, I can't do this. Like, I, I don't think, I'm trying to remember, but I think the last, like the last two months were the only two months that I didn't throw up, that I could get up and I was yeah. huge. And I was just like, I hate this forever. Yeah. <laughs> like, forever. <laughs> yeah. No, seriously. And it gets like that, especially in my first pregnancy. And I like, I felt like I was doing it all alone. And I was, I was, you know, a lot, I was by myself. I moved in, I lived by myself and then, you know labor came. And then, you know, as soon as my daughter was born, her dad was, you know, in Vegas a week later and stuff. And, you know, I was, it it was a lot. It was traumatizing. I did have family there. His mom was there and she did help, but still a lot of that stuff is hard. And then now Mm -hmm. that I was really excited to be, I wasn't really get to, you know, be excited and enjoy my pregnancy the first time. I'm really trying to enjoy this pregnancy, but it's been really hard being sick all Mm -hmm. the time. Yeah. So, um, Trying to enjoy this pregnancy, but also at the same time feeling like a little bit of post-traumatic stress. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? When I see my daughter's father and I'm pregnant again, I'm just like, ugh. Just want to stab ugh. you. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and then seeing my boyfriend now and seeing how good you are, but I'm like, ugh, you could just, you know, be lying to me. Like, <laughs> where are these red flags that I'm ignoring? Like, I have imposter sy- syndrome. Like, I'd be trying to be like, mm. I told my boyfriend all the time, even years ago when I met him, like, there's something wrong with you. There ain't no way you this good. That's you know, so I, I saw a bad person before. There's some bad in you. Yeah. And, you know, his bad is not being, you know, emotional. Yeah. Like, I can't read you. I don't like this. Me as a Scorpio, I'm like, I can't read you. I don't know. You happy? Unless I see <laughs> he, he, ha, ha, like this. Like, you're not happy to me. Like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, That's so hilarious. I'm constantly looking at something wrong. I'm like, you know, I got to pinch him a little bit. Did that hurt? Yeah, I didn't see it in your face. I don't know. You could be a robot. I don't know. <laughs> so... Girl, I mean, <laughs> Girl, that's hilarious. There's a lot going on mentally. Like I said, I got multiple people, multiple personalities. You don't know who you're going to talk to. They'd be like, are you okay? I've just talked to myself. In the like, uh, do I need uh, to check you into a mental institute? Maybe. I don't know. You want to come with me? Because, you know, <laughs> I'll find something wrong with you. <laughs> that's so. so funny. Well, that's funny because you, like, I think, like, listening to you, I see that we both have this like this problem like recognizing good things like yes. I, I've been like that I've been like mm, I don't know about this like yes when good things happen I'm like I don't know like my job like I I always say my like my new job I love it like I'm enjoying my job yes I'm stressed because obviously you know you're working yeah but I like it I enjoy it I love the people I work with but then I'm like something's happening <laughs> Something's gonna yeah. happen. There's somebody something- plotting. Yeah. <laughs> somebody plotting here at work. Yes. I'm like, <laughs> I might be virtual, but somebody plotting. Okay. I'm gonna t- catch the vibe. <laughs> I'm gonna catch the vibe on the Zoom call. I'd be looking at everybody's face on the Zoom. Yeah. I'd be trying to catch drama and Slack channels when everybody's slacking and messaging each other. I'd be like, oh, exactly. was that some beef right there? How the way you said that? You know, because people yes. be trying to, you know, throw shade through corporate messages now. Oh, I'd be girl. trying to, I'd be trying to peep stuff. Girl, oh, them I mean, emails. Somebody 
I'll be like, hmm, mm-hmm. spicy. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I be see that's what I'm saying. I I'll try to find a good in a person, but I'm like, mm, you plotting some way, somehow. There's something <laughs> that is me going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. That's so funny. How do you like if your kid like if your kid makes a mistake, how do you tell them like to keep going? And the reason I ask is because like my daughter is huge as of like, oh, I messed up and she like takes it in. I told you she's a little sensitive, which I love. Yeah. But she like kind of like just takes it in and feels so horrible. And I'm looking at her like, girl, you, <laughs> you're human. Like I'm, um, I look at her like, what, who told you you got to be perfect? So yeah. how do you like help your daughter? I mean, I know she's three, but how do you help her out? You know what? In a way that I can explain that is my daughter now tries to do things and she'd be like, oh, I can't do it, mom. I can't do it. And so I really tried to instill with her, Nevea. Don't say you can't, you know, let's try, let's figure out a way where you can do it. And, you know, and by her doing that, she finds herself being a little bit more successful and stuff or trying to show her different ways. So then it it encourages her and makes her a little bit happy. But in your situation, when it comes to, um, you know, trying to take it all in, like they did something wrong. um, What I would do is I'd be like, well, what did you feel like you did wrong? Like where on your end, did you feel like you were the wrong one? Was it something you said? Was it how the way it was maybe interpreted? Was it wrong? Like, you know, or what physically did you do wrong? You know, so I'm a question person. I'm a question you to the end of the day. I should have been an investigator. I should have been an interrogator (laughs) because I love asking questions all day, all night. I'm going to just be like, well, why? Like, I'm a why person. That's probably why my daughter on this why thing now. (laughs) I'm serious. You're like, why? (laughs) How did we get here? Yes. How did we, you know? So I, I would definitely just be like, well, what made you feel that you did something wrong? And, yeah. you know, based on that response, you know, you can like, go well, from there. yeah, like, could you have done it differently? Like, what did you now knowing that you feel like you did something wrong? How did you feel like you could have corrected it? I feel like that's another big one, because if they can identify a different way, they could have said something or approached or did a situation or whatever. They're only learning and growing out of that situation mm-hmm. again. You know what I mean? And be like, yeah. okay, well. Maybe when I deal with someone who's sensitive, I can approach a situation or respond this way versus someone who, you know, can just take it straight up and, you know, just let them know like this. Yeah. No, that's it. don't feel like a situation or the way that they're doing something or um, responding to something is always their fault. Yeah. No, I love that. I'm. I'm taking all these notes, trust me. <laughs> and I think that's what's great. And I feel like, you know, I think it's so amazing that you have this mom podcast and like, you know, you talk about how you're growing as a mom and stuff because, it, you know, I done a mom episode where I got all my mom friends, different situations, different, some are married, some aren't, some are going through divorces, some are trying to have kids, some are, you know, are, you know, mm-hmm. they're everyone, all these moms in one room, I feel like can all take something from someone, someone's situation, how the way they approach things. I feel like mommy groups are so important. I feel like talking about how you parent and raise and the situations you went through are so important. There's, I always tell people, I'm an open book, ask away, because I'll definitely tell you. I'll tell you anything and everything, Mm -hmm. you know, because I just feel like you can learn from my experience and I can learn from you and let's just have those conversations. I'm Mm -hmm. a big conversation person. Yeah, I think mom's mom's communities are like, top notch like I think the more than you can be on a mom community like is the best obviously don't be on the toxic ones because I made that mistake but besides that just be like mom's communities are the great at the best because I love going into like my fake Facebook moms and they're like oh my god my son has this rash like there is this lady (laughs) I love her she had like her son she had just a brand new baby and he had like it looked like like redness and he was like she was like oh my god I don't know what to do and I was like he <laughs> definitely is allergic to the diapers yeah. you know and I was like don't you know those she's like I don't know what to do I was like no it's okay <laughs> breathe girl breathe and so it's great I love like I love mom community so I always try yes. to like incorporate moms and especially in and like even stepmoms because I think stepmoms yes. get such a bad rap like my mom my mom my daughter's stepmom I love her to death and and I had an episode with her and everybody's like oh my god you're like I loved her because you guys are so cool with each other and I'm like well 
that's what I want. Like, I want people to understand maybe she's not a, well, she is a mom, but maybe if you're a stepmom and you're not a mom, you're still a mom because you're still yeah. there. Whatever time that you're spending with this child, you are that mom figure. So yes. let's incorporate you into this. Let's see what type of ideas do you have? Like, what can we work with? So I, yes. I always try to, you know. I think that's so amazing and so big. I feel like that's not something talked about a lot, honestly, because I, you know, I'm not a stepmom. I don't, I, I know a lot of people who are stepmoms and stuff. And I just feel like that's really important because if you're not a mom and stuff and you, you might feel lost. Cause to me, you know, if it ever happened where my daughter did get a stepmom, the day you sign on to be with her dad is the day you sign on to help parent my child. So mm-hmm. I need to have that relationship with you. We need to have a conversation, woman to woman, mother to mother to figure out, okay, when I'm not around and you're stepping in to be her mom, are we on the same page? Are, you know, what do you need help with? What do you feel like I need help with? If she feels more comfortable coming to you, do you feel comfortable to be like, hey, you know, she's feeling this way or whatever, but you know, you know, and you know, you know, like in your situation and stuff, but how can I go away of not using that against my child to really work with it, to work through it and not feel like, oh, well, she went to her for it and stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That right there is all a part of growth and, you know, exactly. and stuff. And I feel like that's so amazing and so smart. And, you know, I never even thought about the whole stepmom thing, but mm-hmm. I, I think that's really big and, and really smart. It's been, listen, it was crazy. Like the first time she called her mom, I was like, but then because you know you you get a little jealous and whatever but then we like she taught she told me like my my daughter was like i feel like you don't like me calling her mom and i was like what do you mean she's like i saw your face i was like oh (laughs) i dang no poker face today i guess i was like i forgot about my face (laughs) and i told her and i said listen i'm your mom so i'm gonna get jealous i said but at the end of the day if you're comfortable like if this is coming from your heart and you feel that she deserved that that title why who am i to tell you yeah you know like um it's not fair and then she she always comes to me but it's funny because she asked her stepmom and her dad about like sex because i guess she has asked me and i kind of like blew it off so she's like i need an answer so she called them (laughs) and they were like i don't like what am i gonna say so they yeah they're like um i don't want you to be mad but she asked me what is sex what do i say and i'm like I can take over if you want, but if you want to tell them, just be honest. Like, what are you, I don't know. Like, just tell them. I mean, obviously don't go into detail. Yeah. So they were like, no, you do it. Cause she's like, (laughs) she was like, I don't know if I have the the heart, but just tell me what you tell her. Cause she has a son kind of the same age. And she's like, just tell me what you told her. So I can tell my son. I'm like, what the hell? No, I'm telling two (laughs) kids. I can't do all this, but it was funny. And then I told her, I was like, Hey, did you, asked your dad and your stepmom about this she's like yeah because you blew me off and i was like i'm so sorry <laughs> i did i, I was like how did you how did you, you know? how did you give me the question <laughs> what, what was the question again yeah. i was like when was this question asked and she started right. laughing and i and i told her and she was like oh ew and i was like <laughs> and my biggest thing with the whole thing was like I I'm glad and and that's one thing that I did tell her. I was like, I'm glad that you asked and you didn't Google it. I'm yes. like, do not ever Google anything. She's like, why, mom? I'm like, girl, these the answers and the things that you're internet, gonna find are not gonna yeah, even be close. Like, internet is not great. And she's mm-hmm. like, oh. And I was like, don't Google it. I'm like, I mean, if you did, I if you did, I mean, I guess. But at the end of the day you're not going to find a good answer in Google because it's these different people telling you their opinion. And I'm like, and although I'm giving you my opinion, I'm trying to be by as biased as I can. Right. And if you go to Google, you're going to find a lot of different answers and perspectives and stuff. Yeah, exactly. And And some that are are biased. Exactly. So it was good. And, and then she, from there, she was like, okay. And she goes to her stepmom all the time about stuff. She always tried to tell me that she's a better cook. And I'm like, girl, she is. Send her over because I don't want to cook. Send, hey, make sure you send me a plate. You said she's cooking tonight, right? Yes. I'm like, what is she cooking? I'm going. Exactly. I'm on my way. Hold on. I so. think that's so amazing that your daughter, like you said, felt so comfortable to ask you because that's the relationship that I hope, you know, me and my daughter have where she feels so comfortable to ask me because I would be, you know, so genuine with my answer and give it to her straight up. I feel like um, what a lot of parents uh, don't realize is, a lot of the education and teaching and a child's development happens in the home. The things that they see, the things that you tell them all comes from the home first before it even hits school. You know what I'm saying? And if they're not getting it at home, 
or they, you know, or they feel like it's very biased and they're still unsure. That's when they start going to friends. That's when they start going, you know, searching things on Google, YouTube and all these things. And then they're not quite sure, you know, what to believe and really how to feel about situations. And you can't get mad at a kid for having conversations with other kids when asking questions. Cause it's mm-hmm. like, Maybe they didn't get the answer at home. Exactly. Did you ask a parent? Were you comfortable asking a parent? What adult did you feel comfortable asking to? Maybe they don't have adult that they feel comfortable. And I feel like that's where I feel like to me in the education system, you know, really having counselors really have those conversations uh, with kids. Or I feel like um, in my school, early childhood was very, very um, good in, in my opinion, because the teacher that I had, she was very open to answering any question that we had and being very like, not feeling like I can't, uh, you know, her degree was in childhood education, you know, and sex and all that stuff. So like, if we were had a question, she didn't feel uncomfortable being like, well, I don't feel uncomfortable because I'm not your parent. It's like, you know, my degrees and that. So I'm going to give you my honest, real answer, you know, and her having that relationship with us where she felt the need to be honest Mm -hmm. because clearly if we're asking, there's a reason, Yeah, you know? So, you know, I, I really like that. And I feel like a lot of families don't realize the things that their child is seeing at home or hearing and stuff is their first leg on education. Yeah. And I, listen, I had so many conversations with my daughter because every time, like these kids are growing so fast. Like I like so fast (laughs) and I'm looking at her and I'm like, you're only nine. And how do you know this stuff? Right. Yeah. So we were talking and she was like, you know, she's seen like I have edibles for my anxiety and I have, and I have weed. Yeah. And she was like, can I ask you a question? And I was like, yeah. And her dad, well, he smokes whenever he can, but he does. He has PTSD, so it helps him tremendously. Right, absolutely. So she was like, you know, I've never seen you because I I don't have a laying around. I just recently because I'm like going doing twenty thousand doing things a lot. Of I forget things. to yeah. hide. Yeah. Girl, so she happens. was like, yeah. She was like, um, I didn't know you smoke, and I was like, I don't smoke, but I'm thinking cigarettes, right? And I was like, mm-hmm. I don't smoke. And she's like, what is that? And I was like, oh. So then we have to sit down. She's like, well, I thought that was a bad thing, and I was like, well, why would it be bad? And she's like, well. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And I was like, well, what is your perspective? And she's like, well, Poppy does it. And I was like, how does he act after he does it? She's like, he's great. I'm like, well, is it a bad thing? <laughs> I'm like, and I don't think it's a bad. Right. But, you know, and that was a conversation, like, that was a whole conversation. And I had a mom that her whole business is about weed because I was like, well, maybe she can give me a little bit of insight because I was like, I don't know what to specifically say, right? Because I'm going to tell her, well, I use it for my anxiety and my depression and, and all these yeah. things. But, what can I say? Right. So the one thing that I did tell her, I was like, well, this is, I did, I was honest. I was like, I use it for this. I'm like, I don't recommend you do, doing it because you're nine and you're, as you're growing, right. I said, I don't think you should do it when you're in high school, which you will have friends to tell you to do it. I said, but at the end of the day, I'm going to give you all these tools. I'm going to tell you what they are. I'm going to tell you what, you know, what this edible has, what CBD, what THC, what is all these things. Mm-hmm. And then you would have to decide if you, should do it or not i'm like my opinion is don't do it until you're old enough where you understand what you're doing which is what i did i said but at the same time me sitting here and telling you not to do it when you see me and your dad doing it it's kind of hypocritical so i'm just going to give you all my all the information that you can have and hopefully you understand that do it when you think you're you're ready and she was like it smells nasty. I was like, I don't even know why you're smelling it. She's like, I needed to smell what it was. I'm like, go away. Girl, curiosity kills everything, girl. Curiosity killed my virginity, you know, because everybody was just talking about and stuff. And I was yes. just like, what the hell am I missing out on? Like, what? You know what I mean? Because, like, curiosity kills everything. Every- and I feel like the way you handled that situation was amazing. You know, like you said, all I can do is give you the tools and the information, what you do for what, you know, with it from there and, you know, how you decide and going with rules within the household is great. You know what I mean? Like, and it's really big on a parent's part when they say, I'm not trying to be hypocritical. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be hypocritical, but all I can do as a parent is advise you. And all I can do as an educator too, is just let you know what it is. Like, listen, this is yeah. it. You do you. I mean, you know, um, <laughs> yeah. and that, that jumps into my question. So for me, my biggest lesson as a mother has been being open because I, mm-hmm. I feel like although my mom was open with me, I wish she was more open, like more clear, clear about a lot of things. And that's been my lesson as a mom. What do you think have been your lesson? I feel like 
my lesson as a mom is to not make, I don't want my kids, especially my daughter, you know, her physically being here now, I don't want her to feel too much pressure. I don't want her to feel the pressure of being or having to be or doing too much. I felt a lot of pressure trying to be someone for my parents and live their life, you know, trying to live their life through me and do all these things and stuff. I don't want my child to feel pressure to do anything or have to do anything. But at the same time, I want them to have the experience and the capability of trying things and then also making the decision of, no, I didn't like this sport. No, I didn't like this activity, but you know what? Like I I had fun trying it, you know, I had fun giving the opportunity of doing that. So trying to, you know, make my kid not feel pressured. That's smart. Has been, it has been a big one for me because I feel like, you know, in my childhood, I was pressured a lot to be perfect and to, you know, do things and stuff. And then, you know, my dad would only cheer me on when I brought home an award and try to be like, oh, I'm this picture perfect father and stuff like that. I was there and I did this and stuff when that's not really what it was, you know. And, you know, my sisters and I feel like my family had a lot of drama with me because I was the golden child. And by having that title and doing all these things, it kind of broke a lot of relationships because it was like, well, you think you're better and stuff. And it's like, you guys don't even know the half of it because you're you're moved out, you're grown. <laughs> you just yeah. think from what you see. So that was a lot and really hard for me. So definitely don't want that to be with my daughter. No, I, I like that. Is there anything that you would do different, like as like as you're growing with your daughter? Um, you know what? I think right now I'm doing really good. I don't feel like there's really any I feel like I'm I've grown to have a lot of patience with her, which I really mm-hmm. like because I didn't feel like I was a patient person. I was like, you know, I I like the way that I try to not when me and her dad argue or something or I don't agree with something, I don't try to be like irritated with her or mad at her. I like the fact that I try to take my time to calm down and recollect myself and how the way I deal with her. I feel like something I'm really going to struggle with when she gets older is uh, her her dad being the fun parent and all and her me trying to be the disciplinary, her being with me most of the time. Yeah. I think my biggest fear that I'm going to have is her always wanting to be with her dad. Her always, you know, if I make her mad, her trying to throw in my face, well, I'm going to go to dad's or dad can do this or, you know what I mean? Cause her dad has money too. So mm-hmm. those are the things I feel like are going to be a really bad, a big battle for me and something I'm really going to have to try to uh, correct myself and really try to get myself in a good mental space. And that's where communication with her is going to be really imperative for me. Yeah, no, I, I get that. I, I've always struggled with that. Like I never wanted to not be the fun parent. Cause I feel the same way. I'm like, I feel like her dad is the fun parent, and er- although everybody's like, "You're such, you seem such a cool mom," I'm like, "Not at home, <laughs> not at home." Because <laughs> I'm got strict. chores. Yeah, you, exactly. exactly. Like, go clean your room. Go do this. Like the thing at my house, I don't make. I used to like the apartment that I used to have. The trash can was like right in front of the apartment complex. So mm-hmm. I was like, "Hey, go throw with the trash." But now you got to go all the way around. So I was like, "Just take the trash out, like, or put the trash bag in." Like that's mm-hmm. her only chore for now. Like she cleans her room and everything, but. Yeah, no, you got to do stuff. Like, go clean. Yeah, absolutely. I'm like, you better clean your room. (laughs) (laughs) You want to go somewhere? I promise that room going to be clean. (laughs) Exactly. Like, what are you talking about? Absolutely. But yeah, having that role of having to, you know, be the disciplinary, have to be, you know, head of household and stuff, and then them go away and go to a funner household or where it might not be as messy or where someone is going to cater to them and stuff or just be that fun parent. It's really hard because it's like, I'm struggling over here to, you know, maybe get them to do the simplest things and they'll do it for you because you're taking them to go get ice cream or got them a new toy or mm-hmm. you're the one getting the iPhone and stuff like that or, yeah. you know, so I, I can definitely understand. Yeah, <laughs> I can true. definitely understand. <laughs> Is that true? So what's next for you? What do you have planned next besides writing five books? <laughs> <laughs> No, honestly, the next thing for me is obviously to have this baby. But um, no, I I really, when it comes to, you know, my podcast, I continue to grow the podcast, continue to be vulnerable, um, you know, continue to write. The next book I really want to write is really from the perspective of a relationship now. So the relationship that I'm in and it being really big on communication and love and how the way him and I met and... Um, the family that we're building and how we're interacting with each other and the family that we're building together. I think it's really important. So uh, I really want to write a book based on 
what it is to conditionally and unconditionally love someone. I feel like, um, yeah, so that's going to be the next book. And um, I already gave you guys the title, Conditional, Unconditional. So um, I definitely want to deep dive into that and get more perspectives. And then another book I want to write is going to be, you know, a lot of interviews with moms and different perspectives on parenting and stuff. I really want to get a mom, a mom book out there. That's not just like how to be a right mom. Like I really want different stories, different, you know, real vulnerability when coming to moms and parenting and stuff. So that way, if a new mom or a current mom feels like they're going through something, they have something tangible to go back to and really feel like I'm not in this alone. Like this is, you know, something real, you know, if they don't feel like they have a community or they're not comfortable going to a community or they just don't have those mom friends to relate with because everyone has different relationships. You know, I have a friend who's married, whose life to me seems absolutely perfect. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, you know, but I don't know how hard it is, you know, behind closed doors besides when we talk and stuff. And she might not be comfortable saying everything that's happening behind closed doors, but to me it's perfect. But her perspective on what perfect for her may be might help another mom who's married and, you know, has a family and stuff. I'm not married yet. You know, I'm I'm a single mom. I have two kids coming, you know what I mean? One kid, one on the way. So <laughs> My perspective, I can't give, you know, married, you know, relationship, family upbringing. So that's, uh, those are definitely really two big projects that are going to be unfolding for me. So that's really what's, what's big for me is my podcast and those two books. I love it. So where can we find your podcast? Uh, You can find my podcast on Apple Podcasts and anywhere you listen to podcasts. My podcast name is Evolving Through Vulnerability with Mariana Garola. Um, I post every Thursday, so I'm super excited. I'm going to get back to it yep. next week, and I'm I'm really excited just to deep dive and really share every you know with the listeners the feedback I've been getting on the book, the book itself, and just continue to be vulnerable and continue um, to be real and just spill all my life tea. <laughs> I love that. Honestly, that's, that's <laughs> thank it. you. Spill it all. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the only way. That's the only way you know people really can get your perspective is if you're you're only true with yourself. I feel like if you come on or go somewhere and you're trying to kind of live a facade or whatever, you know, life happens. Mm -hmm. It happens. Like it's just real. And that's just what it is. And I feel like the more you're true with how things are going for you and how you actually feel is only going to make you realize more what you need, what you need to learn and how you can grow. Yeah, that's, no, it. that's good. And where can we find you on like social media and stuff like that? So um, on my Instagram, you can follow me at author Mariana Garola. And, um, you know, scroll through my Instagram, you'll be able to find my book, you'll be able to see me, my family and a new baby coming soon. So yes, yes. so excited. <laughs> I want to put everything on the show notes so people can get your book because we you. need to get this book. We need to grow. I love Thank this. You. I love it. Thank, Thank you. you so much for being in my podcast. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. It was such a great opportunity. I love, you know, talking with women, mommies, and I just love, you know, the community of wanting to help and grow and mental health. So I think you're doing an amazing job. Thank you. Thank you. I try. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for joining me this week on mom's no expert podcast. Make sure to follow me on Instagram at mom's no expert podcast and share the show with your friends. Don't forget to follow and subscribe. So you never miss an episode.